everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Matt Basta. How are you doing, Matt? Hey, how's it going? It's going, man. Just uh, another day. How are you? I'm fine. Um, UPS, <laughs> yanking my chain. I'm, you know, trying to wait for a package, and then they'll just, like, leave the note, and then they don't deliver the package, or, like, ring the doorbell, or knock, or anything. Just, just one of those days. But I'm here, we're recording... I'm back after it's been it's actually been quite a while since I've been on an episode of ABTS like almost what two weeks yeah at least just because I don't know I feel like the last thing you were on was an interview or something so we haven't done too many interviews but we do have some on the horizon so keep your ears open for that cool but yeah it's it's funny though that you said you were fine when I knew full well like right before we pressed record you're like I'm pretty livid (laughs) I'm so mad. I don't want to shake all that salt off onto our listeners, but oh man, it's just, it's like one of those things, you know, like I, I am not one to tolerate people that are lazy at their jobs, you know, and yeah. like clearly this is somebody that like, they just want to move on to the next delivery as fast as possible. And so rather than like taking the 30 seconds to stand there at my door and press the doorbell and wait for me to, you know, open up and sign for the package, they're like, whatever. And they're gone. <laughs> Yeah, what a fucker. Oh, I man. I, well, I was I was messaging you yesterday, and I was saying this might be another Knock at Basta's Door episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a fantastic callback. That was one of my favorites. That was a good episode. That got, like, some of the most hits of any other episode up until that point. Yeah, I agree. And it, it's one of our longer ones to date, so that's pretty cool, if yeah. you're into that, listener. But uh, <laughs> I guess... Uh, what exactly do we want to talk about? I have some games I can mention, but I know you kind of want to talk about Pinecast and the future of that a little bit. You want to dive right in? Yeah. So, um, we haven't really talked about Pinecast a whole heck of a lot. We've been using it, obviously, um, solving some problems with it. Uh, there's, there's been a few bugs, which have been frustrating you. I've been trying to tackle, um, mostly around time zones because time zones are really hard. Uh, but Really, it's it's been pretty good. I, I've been showing it off to some of the people that I work with and, and some of the people that I know have experience with building companies and doing startups and, and sort of designing services and getting adoption. And they're all really enthusiastic about it. And I've gotten a lot of positive feedback. I've gotten a lot of good constructive criticism, uh, which is excellent. Uh, some of the interesting challenges, though really revolve around making money, right? Um, part of that is adoption, right? Like, how do you get, how do you get these content creators, people like us onto the platform, right? We joke, you know, press continue isn't using Pinecast yet, uh, yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's the joke. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, it, I mean, it would be cool if they did, obviously like no pressure guys. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it's like how, how do we become the best solution out there? And how do we get people to want to use our service? And feature for feature, like we're doing a pretty good job. And the actual service itself isn't bad, but there's a few challenges. And it's not necessarily Pinecast's fault. It, I, and th- the more I talk to people in tech and in, in, in Silicon Valley and in the industry, the more I'm sort of coming to understand that it's, sort of a problem with the podcast model itself. So you take a look at how do people actually listen to podcasts and the overwhelming majority, 85% or so 
listen through an app. So you have iTunes, you have Pocket Cast, you have Stitcher. Um, there's, a, there's a whole slew of free ones, uh, and, and they all have varying degrees of quality. But at the end of the day, the problem that you run into is that when people listen to a podcast, it, it doesn't send a whole lot of information. And so you don't even have the ability to uniquely identify a listener, right? Like you can sort of do it based on the user's IP address and their user agent. And you can sort of figure out based on what time they're requesting. And you can say, all right, well, I get a hit every hour from this IP address. But then if the user like connects to Wi-Fi or connects to their LTE network, it changes. And so there's so many challenges from a technical standpoint that um, sort of trying to do advertising or marketing or tracking in the same way that display advertising works or the same way that um, I had to say like email marketing works it is just intractable. You can't do it. And so I, I listen to a ton of podcasts, right? I, I'm, I've got like 30 on my phone. <laughs> I hear you. That's, that's intense. I think I'm about at 20, but I, even I think that's insane. I mean, it, it's okay. And like, I, I, I listen to it on my commute to and from the office and I listen at the gym, which people call me out as being weird, but I think it's fine. Um, and time and time again, you hear the same ads, right? You hear the Squarespace ads, you hear, uh, nature box, you hear, you know, Casper mattresses, me undies. And the ads are mostly the same, right? Like how often do you hear a Squarespace ad and, of those Squarespace ads or hover ads or whatever, how different are they between shows, right? There's not a lot of differentiation. And so really they're, they're not even really specifically targeting that particular audience or that particular demographic. Fundamentally, and the way I look at it, like advertising, the way that advertising has been done does not work for podcasts. I know there's a lot of, podcasters that are making a lot of money off of advertising, but it's really a tricky thing, right? Because you have to be able to scale. If you're only this small developer or, or I shouldn't say developer, if you're, if you're only a, a small podcaster, um, or even sort of a medium sized podcaster like us, I consider us a medium sized podcaster. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really tough to get, uh, it's really tough to get an advertiser and actually make money off of it, right? So like if we went to Squarespace and we we're like, hey, we want to do a deal with you guys, we probably would make pocket change, right? Right. <laughs> At the end of the day, like the number of vis listeners that we have and the number of people that are going to be signing up for Squarespace on our recommendation is probably pretty low. And part of the other problem is that you have people that listen to 20, 30 podcasts like us why are they going to choose our Squarespace ad over, you know, The Illusionist or Mark Marin or um, Stop Podcasting or whatever, right? Like, yeah. you've got all these huge podcasts. They're going to go and sign up for Squarespace with, you know, promo code WTF or, you know, whatever sticks in their brain. They're not going to go for the ABTS one. Yeah, I hear you. So, it, it's really this this troublesome place that you're in. And so, Pinecast sort of sits on the edge of that. Right. The, the traditional way that these companies make money, like Libsyn or Podbean or Blueberry or whatever, is they charge a hosting cost. Right. You pay as a podcaster a certain 
fixed amount of money per month, and then you get something back out of it. And then the podcaster is then responsible for doing all their own advertising. And some of these services have things like affiliate centers or um, sort of hubs where you can sign up for advertisers. But really, the the whole model is broken. And I would it, say that – go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say it makes it especially hard for the little guys, like the hobbyists like us, to mm-hmm. find the correct uh, advertising sponsors if they even exist. Absolutely. And, and, you know, when you, when you're a small guy, you've got so many more challenges to try and solve beyond the advertising aspect, right? Like you've got to get good equipment. You've got to get good software. You've got to have a good host so that you can be able to handle growth. And a lot of times those tools aren't available simply because you're priced out of the market. And so if you look at the situation of these sort of new guys, you sort of sit in this really awkward position where you're too small to be able to get any sort of real advertising money, but you also aren't making enough money to be able to buy proper equipment. You're not making money to be able to, you know, get, you know, good audio made and, um, you know, graphics and whatever else that you might need for your show. So I've, I've thought a lot about this and I've talked to a lot of people. And one thing that I'm very interested in is this model of crowdfunding. So I think a lot of people at this point know about, uh, oh, what's it called? It, I just had it in my brain. Uh, Kickstarter, Indiegogo. Patreon. 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 Okay. I, I was literally thinking about it moments before. Anyway. Um, so, so Patreon is great because you sign up for it and then you say, I'm going to do these things every month and I'm going to continue doing these other things. And, if you support me and pay a certain amount of money, I will give you X, right? Yes. And they've been extremely successful, right? Like they process millions of dollars in payments every month, which is incredible. You've got these sites like GoFundMe, right? Where random people can say, I need money for this. And this is a great reason why you should support me and you should go do this. And then people can go and donate money to that person and... Um, the, the site then takes a small portion of that as overhead. And so these models, I think, have been extremely successful for allowing these small time creators to jump into this larger market and be able to, to do cool stuff. The problem is that this doesn't necessarily translate well to podcasting because when you're making a podcast, it's a very regular thing, right? And so, my focus with, with Pinecast is rather than doing this traditional, like, you're on your own, but pay us five bucks a month and we'll give you X, Y, and Z. I want to make it so that everybody starts out with what's equivalent to like a free plan. So you have sort of this baseline standard of service that you get from us. And I want to make it so that if you're a podcaster, you can sign up for this plan and not have to worry about you know, am I going to have an overage? Am I going to be uploading too much content every month? Am I going to have a shitty website? Whatever. And so you get sort of the, the minimum required to get started. But then what I want to have on top of that is the ability to pay for an upgraded version of the service through crowdfunding. So basically allowing you to say, hey, we want, you know, if, if you enjoy the show, please donate and all of the sponsors We'll get some extra content, which Pinecast will host for free. And then up to the plan that the content creator chooses, that will 
that will cover the cost of the plan. So for instance, if I say, um, you know, I want to have a starter plan on Pinecast for five bucks a month and, you know, you guys can donate to help pay for the show. And then anything beyond that I take as donations, right? So like, let's say I get $15 a month worth of donations. Five of those dollars would go towards paying for Pinecast at the $5 a month plan. And then I would get $10 towards um, like microphones and stuff. Exactly. And so, um, then I can go and I can, you know, write a blog post or, you know, record a bonus episode or do whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I think that's probably the only way that podcasting going forward can be sustainable because, you know, you look at, you know, this spectrum and there's probably, I don't know, 150, 200 really big podcasts out there, but there's probably for every hundred big podcasts, there's a hundred thousand small podcasts, <laughs> you know, from people like you and me that yeah. you know, don't have the resources that don't have the time, but we still want to get into it and we still want to, you know, produce content that people can enjoy. And we want people to be able to support the shows that they know and love. So we've got listeners that go all the way back to when we first started. Oh, and that's fantastic. If any of you guys hung in there, you're the shit. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you guys are like OG. the reason we keep doing this. Yeah. And, you know, this model is proving itself time and time again. And you look at Twitch, right? And Twitch has subscriptions and donations, right? You look at Patreon, you look at GoFundMe, and these, these services are making money. And I think when you look at advertising, if everybody's just doing a Squarespace ad or a Hover ad or a Casper ad, as more and more people do those, the amount of money that could be made is getting diluted. And so we've sort of reached this threshold where we just can't keep doing that anymore. And the only real way for people to be able to make money off of podcasting is to be able to either add a huge number of new advertisers, which is really an intractable problem because it's a really hard sell. Or to allow the people that are consuming the content to be able to pay for it um, and to be able to support the things that they love. I like that a lot more. And it just sounds just like everybody wins in that scenario. And I'm really eager to see that implemented. Yeah. And and it's sort of one of these things where there, there's a lot of people that push back on and even in the game industry, right? Like this is a, a huge source of controversy. Um People saying, oh, I want to play this for free, right? Like, it, it should be free to play or it should be whatever. And really, at the end of the day, like, somebody has to get paid, right? Like, if we're going to invest 30 hours a week, 20 hours, 30 hours a week into something, you shouldn't have to sacrifice being able to also make a living, you know? And so this is a great way that people can sort of put something out there. And then if you love it, you can put money towards it and support that person and then also get something on top of that. So yeah, I love the idea. I'm really eager to see where that goes. And I, I can't recommend Pinecast enough. I use it to upload stuff for ABTS, and like the analytics are just like super. Like it's just amazing how I can like pick out a specific episode and delve into the analytics of like oh how many recent listens and all this other stuff. It's it's really slick, and I you've done an incredible job. Yeah, and there's a lot of really cool stuff that's coming down the pipe for it. Um, one of the challenges that I'm solving now is that when I did the initial calculations for how much Pinecast was going to cost, I didn't factor in the fact that 
podcast episodes are generally very large. Um, sure. And by large, I mean like literally big files. Like this episode is probably going to be what, 60, 70 megs? At least, yeah. Yeah. And, it, you know, I've uploaded episodes that are over 100 megs, which is pretty expensive. But even still, when you're paying nine cents a gigabyte, that adds up really quickly. Right. Absolutely. So, um, the tech that I'm working on now, in fact, literally right before you jumped on Skype with me, I was working on a system that can create copies of the files on very low cost hosting servers. Um, and then the idea is when somebody requests the content, it, the request will be forwarded to one of, uh, a number of different nodes in this cluster. Um, and then, Rather than serving the content directly from Amazon, we can serve it from DigitalOcean or one of the other dirt cheap hosts out there. Yeah, sure. Um, so working on cool stuff like that, which is nice, uh, it's also going to en- enable us to give much more fine-grained analytics. So one of the problems with Amazon is that if you request content from it directly, they don't collect very much information. They give you like IP address and user agent, and that's about it. Um, with the system that I'm building now, I can actually tie an individual subscriber to a listen. So I can actually tell you, um, oh, this user that keeps requesting this feed downloaded this particular episode on this day and time. And so I can tell you how soon does the episode get downloaded? I can tell you, um, how long does the episode sit in the person's queue until they listen to it? Um, and Lots of other cool things that uh, we can do with that information. And yeah, that's sort of really powerful. Yeah, and that's really the key, right? Like you look at these large services and the only reason they can do this kind of stuff and offer these really cool features is because they have scale. But we have the benefit of having control and having a system that's designed to run at low cost. Definitely. Anyway, so that's my Pinecast rant. <laughs> cool. No, it was totally worth going into, and I love it. And I, like I said, people sign up. Like You can sign up for the beta if you're interested in podcasting yourself, or if you know people that have podcasts and you just want to be like, hey, this service is going to save you a ton of money down the road, just give them a tip. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going to be trying to build out these features in the coming month or so. Um so look forward to seeing sort of a tip jar feature on ABTS and there'll be more information about that surely as we get it ready. Cool. If anybody ends up tipping us, which I'm not expecting, but if you guys do, you will definitely get a shout out on the show. So just there's that incentive. If that means anything to anyone. (laughs) Yeah. And, and there'll be sort of a reward tier system and, um, lots of, different options about how to pay and how you can support the show. Um, right now I'm, I'm sort of going through the, like, how do we actually accept payments, right? Is it PayPal? Is it Stripe? Is it Braintree? Um, do I accept Bitcoin? Like, (laughs) (laughs) so that, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of options and, uh, really like, how do we make it as cost efficient as possible so that we can really deliver the most value? I hope someone sends us like, uh, what was it? 80 cents in Bitcoin and it's like signed from Greybeard or something. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. That, that'd be great. But I also, I, I think, um, 
it would just be cool if we also would consider a Patreon down the road, but I'm not sure if we even have a large enough audience to consider something like that. One thing that I know I would want to put money towards right away would be getting dubs, uh, a microphone that's oh, on man, our yes. level. Only I would love to have him on the show, show more, but the reason we don't is because his microphone is horrible. So that's one thing. Listeners, if you want to hear more Jeremy dubs, <laughs> yeah, help if, us out. If, <laughs> I remember those first few episodes of, almost better than dragons that i edited i was like oh no (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i've edited a few with him on it and it is it's unfortunate but that's what i mean we'll all pull our money together and get that going yeah we'll make it work um but yeah i so you have some games you want to talk about all right definitely uh one let's i guess let's start with mobile games because i like to talk mobile games with you specifically i'm not sure if you have any new ones oh i do Oh, fantastic. One that I just picked up yesterday is called Prune. Um, have you heard of it? I haven't, no. Okay, so how do I put this? The the feel and just the general aura of this game gives me a very... It reminds me a lot of Monument Valley in the way sound effects and the soundtrack are. Like, just like auditorially, it's just like making me think, wow, this reminds me of Monument Valley. But visually, it's a very minimalistic simple but also yet colorful uh puzzle like casual puzzle game where you basically grow a tree and uh the wind is a factor so let's say the wind's blowing to the right you use that to your advantage and you can grow your tree limbs to the right but as you grow your tree you have to basically it continues to emerge with like branches and as the branches will eventually stop you have to use your finger to slice off uh tree branches in order for it to continue to grow and it's a strange puzzle game where once you get your branches in the light uh these flowers uh bloom and i guess once you get a certain amount of flowers you clear the level and i've just been clearing tons of these levels having a lot of fun it's it's like a it's not for everybody it's really a casual just calming something to do uh but real interesting fun game i've been enjoying it i think it was like three or four bucks maybe 3.99 on the play store but i i'm enjoying it it looks like a really cool game um and it does look sort of weirdly colorful um I'm I'm definitely gonna check this out. And it's available uh for iOS and Android, yeah? Uh definitely Android. Let me double check the iOS um while you tell me about your what games you've been playing. So I've been playing a similar sort of minimalist game. Um it's not quite the same, but it it's very similar in concept, I think. It's called Hook. Okay. And I beat the whole game in like a half an hour. So it's it's not like something you're going to spend years on or anything. So it's, it's just a little fun thing. It's 99 cents. Uh, I don't know whether it's available for iOS, but it's definitely available for Android. And basically you're given this like rat's nest of wires and buttons and um, these hooks. And then the idea is you want to retract the hooks without having them touch each other. And if they touch each other, you lose a life. Um, you can't really die. It just restarts on that level. Uh, so it's very relaxing. You're not like pressured into anything. There's no time. Uh, there, it, it's very, very casual. Um, very much a puzzle game. And all you have to do is just sort of like flip the little switches and press the buttons in the right order. 
And when I saw it, I was like, oh, how hard could this be, right? And you go through, like, level one, and it's just, okay, retract a couple of hooks. The next level, like, okay, one of the hooks gets in the way. And you're like, oh, this is super easy. And then by, like, level 15, you're like, oh, my God, my brain. <laughs> <laughs> and And you go from something that started out relatively simple to something that's actually quite nuanced and complex very quickly. Um, so it was a lot of fun. And um, if you have 99 cents to kill... Uh, you've been doing your Google reward surveys. Uh, I highly recommend uh, Hook. Nice. I'll definitely check that out. And as you asked, is Prune available for iOS? It, indeed it is. So Cool. Nice. Um, how about regular games, uh, non-mobile? Uh, have you been playing much or not really? Uh, let, me, let me just quickly open. Uh, so one thing, I, I streamed a little bit of it. Uh, City Skylines. Nice. Which has been excellent. Um, they released, I guess, an expansion. I didn't pay for the expansion, so I'm assuming it's just like a, an update. Um, but it's very, very good. It, it basically adds uh, a day-night cycle to the game. Oh, cool. And the graphics are gorgeous. Um, I, I actually watched you stream a little of that, and you made some abomination of a bridge to oh, the God, middle of yeah. nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's. I mean, it's not perfect, but <laughs> no, I'm just teasing you. It's, it's better so than anything hilarious. I could come up into that game. <laughs> I mean, the, the game that is like there. It's got some weird bugs, um, and there's like some obnoxious problems with it. But like in general, it is it is a fantastic city builder. Like compared to SimCity, SimCity was a disaster of a game. Um, SimCity 4 was the last great SimCity game, and City Skylines is, in my opinion, the spiritual successor to SimCity 4. Okay. The day-night cycle is gorgeous. Um, I know a while back they added a bunch of new features, and they've been adding features since then, but I sort of lost interest a little bit, just because it's a really huge time sink when you start playing, and if you're playing for each individual update, you don't get a whole lot. So jumping back in was great for me. Um, they added recycling centers, which were previously a mod. They added the ability to um, add bike trails, which is really cool, and bus stops. And or, I'm sorry, they had bus stops, but uh, bus lanes. Um, really, uh, what's this? Paint the town <laughs> red. What are you yes, okay. Uh, sorry, I just wanted okay. to you that. Um, oh, this is interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's city skylines. If, if you haven't checked it out previously and you're into city builder games, definitely check it out. The new version is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, tons of fun. They've got tunnels and bridges and dams and it, it's, it's just a blast. Oh my God. This game is horrifying. What? <laughs> it, okay, went, so it went that's... from like being weird and blocky to just being like, Oh my, wow. This is extraordinarily violent um so on the most recent episode me and Br i talked about this game with brand but at that point i just said to him oh i downloaded it i didn't play it yet i finally played this game it's called paint the town red and it is awesome i love the game but it's only it's only early access right now so basically there's only two real playable levels but it is it is a masterpiece let me just get your reaction first i i'm I'm not sure what the premise of the game is. I just know that there's a lot of heads exploding. Basically, I guess the premise is to just 
literally paint the town red with blood and just kill everybody. And that's the thing. So I've played this, <laughs> so I've played this game and it all starts out like there's so far, there's two levels, I guess, like in a family restaurant looking place and or uh, a disco, like, like an like 80s disco pad. Yeah, exactly. Um, it is. It, you start off, you punch somebody, and then every just all shit breaks loose. Everybody's fighting everybody, and then eventually, it just literally, it seems like a nonstop swarm of these motherfuckers. I swear to God, I've killed so many of them, thinking like, how do I beat a level? And they just keep That's coming. Just, so this is the I whole think game. I think the pr- premise is to just like constantly just murder these people, but it's the it's got a lot of potential because of how uh, chaotic and like fun it is, but and also how interesting you interestingly you can kill your opponents uh it even says like you can dynamically slice and bash and stab and kick and all of that stuff but so far i've only encountered like a single knife in the game so like i guess i'm waiting for updates for like more uh sophisticated weapons and uh and levels but regardless i'm excited to see where it goes like i was saying to brand it's a great way to blow off steam cool uh i just sent you another steam game uh it's 10 bucks it's called Kingdom, and it came out very, very, very recently, and it is excellent. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of a cross between, like, a weird tower defense and a weird side-scroller. Um, you take the role of a king or queen, and you have to recruit these little peasant guys, and you have them build walls and defenses and all sorts of stuff. And you have to defend against these gob- hell goblin orc things that come out of these weird portals on either side. Um, and basically, the, the game is still very new. Um, there isn't a whole lot beyond that, but you, you just sort of build up your kingdom as, as large as you can, um, and collect golden resources and things and, um, set up these defenses and then eventually mount an attack on these uh these portals it's very good uh i i played it very very briefly and i've watched like 10 hours of video of it on youtube right now <laughs> oh um, wow but it it's really really amazing um if you haven't you should check it out and uh give give it a give it a play and it the soundtrack like- is great the the visuals are stunning um it it is an excellent game, and every game is different. It's all uh, all randomized, so that's awesome. Yeah, this game does look really cool, and it was one that was on my radar, but I'm I'm actually really considering just uh, getting it. Do it. But those those enemies, those like weird little ghoul things that you were saying, they remind me of. Uh, have you ever seen the movie Spirited Away? Uh, I ha- I haven't. No, it was uh, a Miyazaki film. It's fantastic. Oh Check yeah, it they kind of do like like. Like yeah, there's like a little ghost in that movie called the No Face or Konashi, and it looks very similar to that. So I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's um, kind of like that that weird thing. Yeah, exactly. Other than Paint the Town Red, though, I've been playing a shitload of Rocket League. I've actually so uh, one of our friend podcasts, uh, the One Track Gamers, they're considering doing like this community event with all the, all the other podcasts that we're friends with and having a tournament of Rocket League hosted on Twitch. And I'm going to hopefully represent ABTS, maybe get some of the other guys if anyone else plays Rocket League, maybe even Kier, because I know he's got some skill. But uh, that should be fun. Cool. Yeah, training up though. I am, I just got the game 
two days ago, and it's it's definitely a pretty big learning curve. <laughs> it's it seems like I can understand why it's a major league game because it's just like very competitive. It I've I haven't played it, but I've watched a lot of it, and it it is very intense. Yeah, it intense is the word. <laughs> but I guess that's uh that's about all I've been playing. Is there anything you want to bring up? I guess we should do some plugs and stuff. Um. Hmm. Is there anything I want to bring up? UPS, you're the worst. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I can't say that there really is. Um, Halloween. Oh, okay. You uh, go first. This Saturday. Well, I I don't know when this episode is going out, but this one's probably way late. But oh well. Okay. Well, it, on Halloween, you probably heard uh, Almost Better Than Dragons season two, episode three. Uh, really good stuff happened in that one. Um, I'm, I'm actually like half done with the edit, so I'm not sure what's going to make it and what's not going to make it. Oh, God damn it. Um, it's, it's sort of fun. Uh, the, uh, the adventurers make it to their next destination and sort of start getting involved with things there. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, if you haven't checked out Almost Better Than Dragons, um, it is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. You don't have to be a massive nerd to listen or enjoy it. Uh, easy to jump in with season two. We started fresh. Episode three just came out. Um, and each episode is roughly an hour. So, um, give it a listen. If you haven't already, you can find it on the Almost Better website, almostbetter.net. And every episode, I sound like this. It scared the ever-loving shit out of me the first time you did that as well. That was... Oh, man. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I I still can barely... I don't know You You have, like, that. a chronic sore throat afterwards as well. <laughs> no, I think in the first episode, I even coughed because I could You did, yeah. It. Oh, God. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, definitely check out Almost Better Than Dragons. If you haven't also checked out... um, I was featured on the XP Earn podcast. They're part two of their community episodes, but I recommend checking out both community episodes. It's really cool how they're getting everyone involved in the scene. And I really appreciate them having us like reciprocating, having us on their show. So hopefully we can have them back. And I don't know, other than that, listeners, if you enjoy the show, uh, give us a like or, or follow on Facebook and Twitter. We could always, uh, use the support there and same with a a rating or review on iTunes. It would really help us out. And if, if you have any, uh, questions or feedback, uh, there's a link in the episode description to leave us your thoughts. Uh, it's not like a massive form. All you have to do is just fill out uh, the, the text box that says what your feedback is and hit the submit button and you're done. Yeah, so get in touch with us. Let us know how we're doing, what you want to hear more of, suggestions for our games, anything. So, um, But yeah, thanks for tuning in and we will see you next week. Bye.